I just would love to uh, thank and celebrate our veterans that are here today. Uh, this weekend has been set aside each year to show our appreciation to those who have served our nation. And this morning, we'd love to recognize you. If you've served our military in any capacity, would you stand this morning? And uh, we would just like to thank you and appreciate you for your service to our country. Wow. So many have served, so many have sacrificed, and we thank those of you that have done that. And it's not just the soldiers, the men and women that go overseas and serve in different capacities around our nation, but also the families of those soldiers are affected, and we owe a great deal of gratitude to them as well. And uh, so this weekend's your weekend, and we hope that you feel honored, blessed, and, and we are grateful for your service. If you have your Bibles this morning, uh, you can be turning to Matthew chapter 6 is the text we're going to be looking at in just a little bit. While you're turning there, just a reminder, the Thanksgiving food boxes uh, are due in this Wednesday, so if you sign one of those out, uh, please return that by this Wednesday. We'll be delivering those on Thursday. We thank you to those of you that have done that. I believe we still have one left out there. If someone didn't get one last week, uh, we have one uh, available if you want to sign that out after services today. Also, there's a box out here by the Welcome Center <coughs> that has wrapping paper in it. Now, that is not for you to take. Uh, regardless of what some of you may think, that everything at the church is yours and it's free. Um, that is a box that we're collecting uh, wrapping paper for. We have a young man in our church uh, that is a, a Conway fireman. We actually have several in our church that are firemen, but one in particular uh, is part of the committee that works with Fill the Boot. I know many of you are familiar with Fill the Boot, uh, especially those of you that shop on Black Friday. There will be firemen uh, just about at every busy intersection uh, around. Uh, asking for donations, and those donations go to providing Christmas presents uh, for less fortunate in our communities. And so, uh, with that being said, they need presents, uh, presents. They need wrapping paper to wrap those presents with. And so, we just ask that if you have an extra roll uh, lying around, or you've got some, I've, I've learned that it goes out of date, out of style, uh, evidently. Uh, Wednesday night I shared that uh, we have a lot of wallpaper, wallpaper, it can be used for wallpaper, we have a lot of wrapping paper at our house that evidently is out of style, and uh, so if you have some you're not using or planning to use this year, you can bring it, put it in that box at the Welcome Center, and we appreciate it. Also, bring your shoe boxes this week, I want to tell you about something fun we're going to do Wednesday night. Uh, instead of our normal Bible studies that we have with all different ages and stuff, we're going to come together uh, Wednesday night following uh, the meal at 5.30. At 6.30, we're just going to stay together out in the Family Life Center. We're going to pack some shoe boxes. Many of you know we're a drop-off location for Greenbrier this year for people to drop off their boxes. We'll be open all week from various hours. We'll get those hours uh, out to you and let you know when we're going to be open. Got a lot of volunteers going to be working here this weekend, this week. Uh, and so uh, Wednesday night, we're just going to pack some shoe boxes. Our board was generous enough to uh, allocate uh, some pretty significant money for us to uh, buy the things to go in the shoe boxes. 
So we're going to just have a good time with all of our ages mixed together, intermingled, packing shoe boxes, filling out labels, and uh, spending time in prayer over those boxes. So if you'd like to participate in that, we'd love to have you. Well, here's what we're doing in this series, this series that we're calling The Truth Teller. Last week, we learned uh, that basically the idea behind what we're doing in this series and, and this, uh, uh, this title of Truth Teller is basically that our, our strongest uh, and our deepest emotions... Uh, so what we're talking about in this series is various emotions that we have and we experience in our life. That often those emotions uh, often function as truth tellers in our lives. They kind of uh, function as you know a signal uh, that says, "Hey, there's something going on, maybe a little deeper in the background uh, that's creating and causing these emotions in our life." Uh, we related it last week to uh, kind of like a smoke alarm going off, and I shared with you a story about a little incident we had with a house filled with smoke um, directly related to my wife's cooking, and uh, we, we won't comment any further on that, even though she's not here this morning. Uh, but anyway, often when the, when the smoke alarm goes off, uh, you know, it's an indicator that, that something's not right, right? Uh, an indicator that, that there's probably smoke in the house, which is, uh, you know, usually leads us to the problem, the source of where the smoke is coming from, perhaps a fire, something overheating, uh, perhaps, which is often, uh, it's that point that we discover the underlying problem behind the smoke and why the smoke uh, detector went off to uh, begin with. And, and so in the same way, uh, our emotions... Uh, we learned last week that our emotions are often the very same thing. Uh, they're an indicator of some things that are going on a little deeper, uh, maybe some things that are going on in our heart or in our walk with Christ in our spiritual life. Uh, and so our emotions, much like the smoke alarm, is the truth teller that there's something underlying uh, problem or fire that's brewing. And so this week, last week we talked about depression uh, and if you missed last week's message and you'd like to catch up, all these messages will be available uh, on our website and podcast and on the uh, Greenbrier Nazarene app that you can install on your phone. These sermons are available. This Sunday, we are, are going to talk about an emotion that I believe we all deal with or have dealt with in varying degrees, and, and that's anxiety. And so I want us to focus on and talk about anxiety today. This week I posted a, a question on Facebook and asked some of you just to give me some feedback as I was preparing uh, for this message today. And I asked the question, what makes you anxious? And uh, it was actually overwhelming the number of responses that I got back uh, from that question. I got back some interesting uh, responses. One was this. He's here this morning, and I won't look at him uh, straight in the eye, uh, Brian Gray. But uh, he said, waiting on certain family members to get ready so we won't be late for church. Uh, Brian, who is married to his lovely wife, Cora, and a couple of teenage daughters in that home as well. And uh, Brian, I saw Cora called you out publicly on Facebook about that comment. 
Uh, I, 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 I shared this morning in the early service. I have, I know this is morbid, but I have my funeral planned. I have it written out in a notebook in my desk. My family knows where it is. I have detailed instructions about how it's all supposed to go down, who my pallbearers are going to be. And I write those in pencil because I'm outliving some of the ones I had. And also, if you make me mad, I don't want you carrying my dead body when I'm gone. So uh, I write those in pencil and do make changes from time to time. But I have there in my funeral, the very last song that we'll be singing at my funeral is Waiting on a Woman. And so uh, y'all make sure that happens. Uh, then there was a response uh, from my sister on this question that said, uh, uh, what makes her anxious is unexpected phone calls from her brother. And I began to think, and I kind of laughed when I read that, because I realized the only time I call my sister is when something is wrong, right? I mean, we text back and forth all the time about different things, but the only time I actually call her is, uh, you know, when, when something's going on, and so... I'll, I'll try to reduce that stress in my sister's life. Uh, here's one thing I think we can all relate to, especially after this weekend. Uh, it simply said this, Razorback Athletics. Yes. I mean, getting beat by Texas in overtime and LSU by one touchdown. I think we can all say the U of A is a source of great anxiety. Uh, and then there was this one sitting in a room full of people listening to a vision-impaired man preach. Ha. Funny. Keith Rooney. And then there was one that simply said, Wasp. <laughs> uh, I can relate. Yes, those red ones. I had one sting me on right on my nose one day, and I thank Jesus there. Um, luckily, the solution for that anxiety, Mike Parks, is called Waspray. <laughs> i get you some. I, I buy it in bulk at Sam's, keep it in the garage. But, but uh, there were a lot more serious responses to the question that I asked, and I just kind of tried to break these down in categories uh, the way they came in, uh, one, probably one of the most uh, common responses was related to money or financial stress. That was pretty common in several of the responses uh, that I got back. A change was a pretty common response. Uh, people uh, getting anxious and worrying about changes that were happening in their life. Um, others kind of fell on the category of the future or the unknown. Uh, things that you can't control, whether it be kids or uh, some mentioned, mentioned aging parents. Uh, that can be very stressful uh, as well. Uh, another common one was being accepted by others. Many people referenced being a people pleaser. Uh, man, I can relate to that. Uh, so many of us uh, worry so often uh, about what you know, people think about us. Uh, we feel like we're not doing enough or we're not doing it good enough. Creates a lot of stress and anxiety. Uh, another one that kind of fits into that category, trying to keep up with the Joneses. Uh, you know, that kind of falls into how people perceive us. Uh, another one was going to the doctor. Uh, waiting on test results can cause you to be anxious or create some worry. Uh, another common one was time management. 
you know, how, how, you know, it's stressful trying to do everything that we think needs to be done and getting the kids where they need to get and, you know, making sure everyone's fed and everything's covered. Uh, basic idea behind this was having uh, our priorities straight creates uh, anxiety and stress. Another one kind of mentioned this one before uh, when we talked about the future unknown, but uh, not being in control. Um, not being in control of things that you want to be control of. Any control freaks out there with me on that? Uh, you know, a, a lot of times we worry about things that we have no control over whatsoever. Uh, and then the, the last one that, you know, uh, came up several times was parenting. Uh, several specifically mentioned parenting teenagers uh, or kids that are making bad decisions. Uh, I replied to one of those uh, responses about parenting teenagers and, and told them this, and I'll tell you uh, this right now, if you're raising teenagers, uh, there is hope for you. <laughs> uh, right now, I know uh, times they're difficult to be around, uh, and you don't want to be around them, they don't want to be around you, but I want to tell you something, they eventually will grow up and become people that you will enjoy being around, and uh, people that you'll be proud of. There is light at the end of the tunnel, although it feels like right now you're being run over by a semi- uh, there is, uh, there's hope for those of you raising teenager, teenagers. But I, I tell you, just the number of responses that I got, I was shocked. I was overwhelmed. A lot of private messages, uh, people sharing with me personal things uh, that they deal with that creates anxiety and stress uh, in their lives. I appreciate all of you that responded. I'm going to keep those responses, and I promise I've prayed for you. Uh, if you responded, and we'll continue to do that in the days ahead. I'll be looking back to those uh, and praying for you. But here's the deal. Anxiety is one of those problems that gives birth to lots of other problems uh, in our lives and in our families. Uh, it's like one small fire that's burning, but it quickly spreads throughout the house uh, and the home of, uh, of our life. And so today we're going to look at what Jesus says uh, about worry. Uh, I believe it's one of the most profound teachings about anxiety uh, in, that we find in the entire Bible. It comes at the end of Matthew chapter 6. It's right in the middle of Jesus' famous sermon called the Sermon on the Mount. And here is, is what is at the heart of this message this morning. Uh, anxiety is an opportunity for you to trust God. Okay? Worry, stress, anxiety is an opportunity for you to be able to trust God, to lean into Him, to lean on Him. Uh, and now, like we talked about last week, uh, there can be a lot going on. When you experience anxiety, there can be a lot of things that factor into that, and I get that. Uh, we talked about last week how, you know, uh, uh, there are, 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 are things that, like, uh, I, I shared... When I get hungry, it changes my emotion, you know, the way I, I, I act, my attitude. When I'm hot, you know, when I'm tired, a lot of different things factor in to our emotions. Uh, and so, you know, there are other factors going on in anxiety that may be fed by, you know, some psychological things, some physiological things. It could be, like some people shared with me, the result of some past traumatic uh, experience. Uh, many shared about things that happened in their past life that now causes them to worry about the future and what the future holds because of things that they've already experienced. Uh, you know, sometimes relationships factor in 
to uh, anxiety and worry and stress. And I want to be careful not to lump all anxiety problems into the spiritual bucket because we understand it's much more complex than that. And there are a lot of factors. But today, I want to focus primarily on the spiritual root causes of uh, behind worry and stress and anxiety. But that doesn't include all the factors by any means that causes uh, anxiety. So first, let me just read this. and I want to read the entire passage uh, to you on anxiety, and then we're going to go back and we're going to dig into it a little deeper. If you have your Bibles, you can follow along. I'm not going to have this entire passage on our screens this morning. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse number 24 is where we're going to begin. Again, this is Jesus, and Jesus says this, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And it's kind of an interesting place right here where Jesus takes a little turn and says, okay, so let's talk about stress. Let's talk about worry and anxiety. Verse 25, he says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body or what you will wear. Is not life more than food in the body, more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet our Heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans, now don't miss this, the pagans would be those who don't know God at all, right? Who don't have a relationship with God. For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So let's take a look this morning at what Jesus has specifically to say to us today about anxiety. And the first thing is this. Anxiety often begins when we think too little of God. All right, Anxiety often begins when we think too little about God and who He is. And I believe this is the most profound point in this passage of Jesus' teaching here today because many of us think that anxiety is an emotion that rises up out of the uncertainties of life out of the unknown uh, of life. But Jesus is saying here that it's an emotion that is intimately connected to our deepest desires. It actually has nothing to do whatsoever with the unknown. It, the connection that Jesus is making between worry and anxiety is to the things that we most deeply desire. Think, think about it. We worry the most about the things that we are most devoted to. We do. 
If you'll step back and take a picture of the thing, take a look at the things that you worry about and the things that you stress about, it's going to be the things that you are the most devoted to that you worry about and you stress about, which I believe is why Jesus begins this discussion on anxiety by challenging what we are most devoted to. And look at verse 25 again. He says, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body or what you will wear. Now, I want you to notice the first word in this verse here, in verse 25. It's the word, therefore. Those that of you that have been around here a long time will know that Brother Jim, when he would preach, and he would say, when you see the word, therefore, in your Bible, stop and ask yourself, what is it, therefore? Right? What does it point to? What is the purpose of the word, therefore? Well, it points us to the previous verse, which was verse 24, which says... No, one, no man can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And so Jesus says this to us. He knows that what we'll worry about the most is connected to what we are the most devoted to. All right, And that's what he's saying. And so when he starts discussing the topic of anxiety and worry, he starts with the big one. Right? Money, which is the biggest worry for a lot of people in our world today. And he says, if you are devoted to money, then that's what you're going to be anxious about. And that is what you're going to worry uh, the most uh, about as well. If you think that money or things that money can buy are what's going to get you the good life, right? It's those things that are going to get you the good life, then you're going to worry about it a lot, right? If you think that stuff or you think that money is where the good life comes from, you're going to worry a lot about whether you have money or if you don't. You'll worry about getting it, you'll worry about keeping it, and you'll worry about losing it. All right, and then Jesus goes on to ask a series of questions that challenge our devotion uh, to these things. And specifically, he's talking about money right now. He says in verse 25, Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Uh, in, in other words, is money really what defines us living a good life? Is, is, the, is money and, and things really what defines a, a good life? And, and then he gives us examples to illustrate uh, that it's not. In verse 26, he's talking about uh, the birds of the air, right? And how they don't worry. They don't worry about saving or stockpiling. Birds, how many birds have you seen that have went and rented a storage building, Right? I mean, that's what he's saying. They don't worry about saving up things, but they never lack what they need because God takes care of them. That's what Jesus is saying in verse 28. He's talking about the flowers of the field, the wildflowers. They don't spend time worrying about looking pretty. They're just pretty, right? And why are they pretty? Because God has adorned them. God has made them uh, uh, beautiful. Uh, and the point is not that we shouldn't save, okay? That's not the point. It's not that we shouldn't save or, or that we shouldn't ever use money to buy nice things for ourselves. The point is that we should not be devoted to those things. We should not be devoted to money as our primary source of security. A lot of people think the only way that they can be secure in this world is have a big bank account, right? And, and, and I move on. Boy, God checked that. Uh, Y'all should be glad he did. 
But the point is, right, that we shouldn't be devoted to it. We shouldn't be devoted to uh, it being our source of security or our source of, of beauty. Because, why? Because our Heavenly Father will take fine care of us. He, he will. The key point comes in verse 33 here in this passage when Jesus says, But seek first His kingdom. Seek first His righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Right? When we get our eye on the right thing, everything else is going to take care of itself. Always does. Always will. Always does, right? In other words, he's saying here, be devoted to God. Worry about pleasing Him, and He'll take care of the results, right? He'll take care of, of, of everything else. Focus primarily on obeying Him with your money, and God will take care of everything else, including your security and including your beauty. And I'll say this about money and then move on. Uh, spend a lot of time on it because Jesus made a point to spend some time on it here. But here, there's, you know, here's what's interesting when it comes to worrying about money. Uh, there are basically two types of people when you're talking about money, right? Uh, they fall into two different categories, and I believe Jesus points them out here for us. Uh, the birds uh, that are savers, right? And then the wildflowers who are spenders. You're either a saver or you're a spender, one of the two. Right and and the and the funny thing uh, is you know the 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 savers uh, money often to them is their source of security they get some form of security out of saving uh, and so they save and save and save and save uh, the other type are the spenders uh, money buys them happiness you know money buys them joy and and beauty and significance and so you know when the spenders when they get a bonus you know what they do they spend it right i mean they upgrade the car they upgrade the wardrobe the the, the lifestyle and and so there are savers and there are spenders and here's what's absolutely funny about this it proves that god has a sense of humor because these two types of people always get married <laughs> huh and they can't stand it about one another. Right? I tell people when I do premarital counseling, the most trouble you're going to have in your marriage is over money because one of you is a saver and one of you is a spender. <laughs> you know, and so uh, the saver thinks that the spender is irresponsible. Uh, the reason I know this, my wife is a saver and I'm a spender, and she thinks I'm like a child, right? I can't be control of money. I get an allowance just like a little kid gets every week. I kid you not. Uh, I get an allowance, and that's what I get, but I also have a debit card, so, uh, but, uh, and, and then our spenders, what, how do we view the savers, right? They're, well, the savers are just way too uptight about life, right? I mean, they need to let go of a little of that money, enjoy life, and have some fun. Can I get an amen? Huh? All right, we should have nice boats and, and all that, so. Uh, but Jesus is saying, here's what Jesus is saying. Both of these personalities, the saver and the spender, they both kind of have the same problem, right? The, the root problem uh, is with money, but it's just in different ways, all right? And so he tells them both, devote yourself instead to God, all right? And let God be the primary source of your security, let God be the primary source of your happiness and joy, you know. Uh, and just like he takes great care of the birds of the air and he takes care of the flowers of the field, don't miss this. He will take care of you. All right? Now, does that mean we just lay up in the bed at the house and expect him to do that? No. I mean, there's a lot of common sense that goes along with this. But I think you get the point. 
we, we don't take it to extremes. And, and, and so we can apply this principle to other things also besides money. Jesus just knew that this was a big one. This was a great challenger for slot number one in our list of priorities, right? So that's why he addressed it. But, but he also could have said, you know, don't, don't worry about your parenting. Do the birds of the air worry about their parenting? No, not really. Last time I checked, they just kind of push them out of the nest and go, hope, hope you learn to fly before you hit the ground, you know? Uh, now, that, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't invest time and we shouldn't invest energy uh, into parenting, but just that we shouldn't be anxious about it because don't miss this, parents. You should be primarily devoted to God and then all that other stuff will take care of itself. If you're leading your family down the path that God has laid out for you, your, your kids are going to be okay. All right? And so he's talking about being devoted to, to God. And, and so we should primarily be devoted to him and let God worry about the parenting. All right? Uh, because when we're trying to obey him, think about it. When we're trying to obey God and honor God in our parenting, the promise is, is that he'll take the responsibility to make things work out. All right? And so the question is, is do we follow Jesus' advice here? All right, do we truly uh, follow what he commands us to do when it comes to money or when it comes to parenting or when it comes to marriage, right, or when it comes to our career? God's not, again, not telling us to sit back and do nothing. He's saying that we need to do what we do in obedience to God. We do what we do in obedience to God and His will to the best of our ability, and then we trust Him with the results, and we don't have to worry about the results, right? When we're making Him the number one thing and we're focused on Him, we shouldn't stress about it. You know, we shouldn't stress about the fact that I handle that conversation right, that I say what I should, I should have said, right? Because if we're saturating all those conversations with prayer and we're in tune with God, you know, and... and you know, we'll handle conversations right. And so we don't have to worry about whether we did right or, or, or didn't do right or what other people are thinking about us. Here's the deal, folks. We focus on God, we do our best, and we trust Him with the results. All right? Anxiety often starts when we think too little of God and what God can do. And don't miss this. The good life is more than making money. The good life is more than a good career. It's more than successful parenting techniques, and it's more than finding the right person. All right, because the good life is walking with God and then letting Him provide all those things and watching Him and stepping back and going, Holy cow, look at what God did. All right, the good life is walking with God and letting Him provide all these things for us. The next thing we see here is this anxiety often begins when we minimize how much God cares for us how much God loves us, how much God cherishes us. After Jesus tells us to consider how well he takes care of the birds, he says in verse 26, are you not much more valuable than them? Hmm? And then in verse 30, he says, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field with flowers, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? In other words, if God is the kind of God who cares about the safety of the birds and the beauty of the flowers. Don't you think He cares about you? <laughs> think about it. If God loved you enough to give Jesus for you and send your, His Son 
to the cross for you, do you really think that He would neglect your daily needs? You know, according to the Bible, this should be so obvious to us that it is beyond our ever questioning. Okay, listen. Surely, if God cares enough for us to send His only Son to die in humiliation on a cross for us, we can trust Him with our bills. Huh? We can trust Him with our spouses. We can trust Him with our kids. We can trust Him with our fu- the future of our families. A lot of our anxiety... Uh, especially for Christians, means that we believe that God can take us to heaven, but He can't help us here on earth. And and so, you know, He'll deliver us from eternal hell, but He don't care about the hell that we're walking through in our normal life. Right, and and so a lot of times as Christians, that's that's how we think, and that's what we, we uh, how we respond. And so we've got to choose. We either believe that He is a loving Father God, we either choose that He is that or not. And so we, we make the choice. That's why he brings up the comparison. And, and I pointed out there in verse 32 when we said it. He said the pagans. He specifically said the pagans chase after these things. All right? And they desire these things. They are the ones without God who worry about these kinds of things. In other words, he's saying when we worry, we're acting like atheists. All right, now that's a little harsh, but that's the point. That's what he's saying when he refers to the pagan Gentiles here. Now, now, uh, (coughs) I'm about to get excited. But you, all right, a child of the king, a a child of God, you have a heavenly daddy. Abba Father means basically loving daddy. You have a heavenly daddy who cares about you more than you care about your own kids, okay? Okay? You know how much you love your kids. God loves you even more than that. And He wouldn't neglect you any more than you would neglect your own children. He wouldn't do that to us. And so some of us need to just stop thinking like an atheist and be a Christian. All right? And start thinking that way. It's impossible to really believe in the God of the Bible and be anxious, at least for spiritual reasons. And so it helps me, I don't know if it helps you, but it helps me to remind myself every once in a while that God commanded us not to worry. All right, it wasn't a suggestion. It wasn't, oh, this might be helpful for you. Four times we've seen Jesus command it here in this passage of Scripture. He says, do not worry. And get this, fear not is the most repeated command that we find all throughout the Bible. Fear not or do not be afraid, you will find in scriptures 366 times. And that cannot be a coincidence. All right, that just tells me that every single day of the year, there is a new fear not in there for me and for you. And so we're commanded that. And the only way those commands can make any sense to us is if we understand that God is going to take care of the things that we've been worrying about. He's going to take care of it. Think think about it like this. Let's say that we're headed to lunch, all right? And uh, we're riding together. We're in the truck. We're headed to wherever it is that we're going. And you say, oh, my goodness, Steve, I forgot my wallet. I don't have a debit card. I don't have any money. I don't have anything. And I go, oh, man, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And the only way that that is not a cruel joke is if I don't take care of the bill, right? 
I, I, I mean, if the bill comes and I says, well, this is awkward. You know, I guess you're going to have to stay and wash the dishes. But Steve, you told me not to worry about it. And I said, well, that's what I meant. Don't worry about it, right? All I meant was I don't want you to worry about it while you're eating. I don't want you to have an anxiety attack here while I'm trying to have my lunch, you know. Well, that would be a cruel joke for us to do that. The only way it makes sense for God to tell us don't worry about it is if he's going to take care of it and the things that make us anxious. He's got the bill, right? He's got it. He says, don't worry about it. He's got it. He's got it covered. Listen, I, I get it okay because worrying, sometimes worrying makes us feel like uh, somehow we're changing it, right? I mean, if we spend time worrying, uh, I know that's how you feel because that's how, how I feel. Worrying about stuff always makes me feel a little bit better uh, because I've invested that in it, uh, like somehow devoting energy to worry and, and energy to anxiety. I'm doing something about whatever it is I'm worried about. But Jesus points out two problems with that line of thinking. Uh, first, in verse 27, he points out this. Worrying doesn't actually change anything. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Will worrying actually add to your life? No. Uh, ironically, if anything, it would just shorten it. Doctors point out that 75% of all doctor visits in this day and age are stress or anxiety related. All right? Dr. Charles Mayo of the Mayo Clinic, some of you may have heard of him. He said, though I, though I have never known a man who died of overwork, I've known a whole lot who died of worry. Worrying will not change a thing, but it will have a great effect on you. All right, worrying won't change a thing, but it'll change you, and not for the good. And I'll close with what Jesus says here in verse 34. He says, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Well, that right there is why I worry, right? I mean, he tells us right here in Scripture. There it is. Each day is going to have enough trouble of its own. I knew it! I knew it! So now I'm going to worry about it because I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but there's going to be trouble there because Jesus said there's going to be trouble there. But guess what will also be there tomorrow? God. And the God who's given you the strength to go through what you've been through in the past and the God that's given you the strength to uh, make it through today is going to give you exactly what you need to get through tomorrow. Listen, you can never fully prepare yourself enough for tomorrow. Uh, you just can't do it. And, and so, you know, you'll always be worried about if you have enough or if you're going to lose it or if you're going to lose someone. Uh, you know, what if I get robbed? We play all these what-ifs in our mind, right? We worry... 99% of the things that we worry about, number one, we don't have control over, and number two, they never come to fruition. They never happen. The majority of the things that we worry about never happen. Right? What if I get robbed? What if I lose my job? What if he sends a tweet and it crashes the whole stock market this week and my 401k is not worth a dime anymore? You know, what if my kids make a bad decision? What if I get cancer? What if my spouse gets cancer? What if I never get married? Listen, you cannot prepare for all the contingencies that the problems of tomorrow may hold. All right? You just can't. 
You can't prepare for it all. You can't be ready for it all. So it's not necessary. It's actually foolish because the God who has been faithful to you in the past and the God who is faithful to you today promises to be as present with you tomorrow as He is today and as He was yesterday. He's the God of yesterday, today, and forever. And He's going to be there to help you deal with the anxieties that you don't even know are coming yet. Those troubles that are ahead of you that you've not ever even considered or, or thought of. But here's the deal. Jesus says, tomorrow you'll have trouble. Something's going to go wrong next week. Guaranteed. But there is a way to face uncertainty of tomorrow or next week without having anxiety today. You sang it earlier. And you sang it. I, I looked at, I was watching some of your faces as we sang those words. Because he lives, I can face it. There's going to be trouble tomorrow, but because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Do not be afraid. Because I know who holds the future, he does. We don't. And because I know that he holds the future, my life is worth the living just because he lives. I love how Charles Spurgeon, who if you remember from last week, we talked about great pastor. He dealt with a lot of anxiety in his life. And he said this, Anxiety does not empty tomorrow of its sorrows, but only empties today of its strength. Anxiety is a false prophet. Anxiety is a liar. Again, a lot of the things that we worry about and we stress about are never going to happen, never going to occur. And so anxiety lies to you. And it lies to you and, and you know, it, it, about things that aren't there and aren't real and never will be. It's a false prophet. And you know what they did in the Old Testament to false prophets? They stoned them. They stoned them. And some of you need to stone anxiety. huh? Every time it shows up in your life and turn to the one true prophet who is Jesus, who is the truth teller. <laughs> the prophet who always told the truth, the prophet who never lies and always keeps his promises. But you know what? Jesus was not just a prophet who always told the truth. He was a prophet that took everything that we could be afraid of, right? He took everything that we could ever worry about to begin with, and he put it away, and he took care of it on the cross of Calvary. And now he tells us to trust him 
with everything else. To trust us with what's coming. And he says this. He says, seek first my kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then what's the promise? And all these things will be provided for you. Wow. He is the God of yesterday, today, and forever. Think about it. The God who saved you yesterday and delivered you today will surely provide for you tomorrow. I love that song, Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. <laughs> we can trust Him, folks. We can trust Him with our future. We can trust Him with our kids. We can trust Him with our jobs. We can trust Him with our finances. If we'll put Him first and seek His kingdom and His righteousness, then all these things will be given to us. And this morning, we're going to close with a time of prayer and have our family prayer time here around these altars. Maybe this morning there's something that you're just you're carrying and you've been worrying about and you've been stressed about and you just want to come pray about it today and give it to God and thank Him for this awesome reminder that He's got this. And so maybe you need to come. I know a lot of people in our church are experiencing some difficult situations, some health situations, a lot of, lot of things going on, a lot of things that maybe you've been anxious about. I invite you to come this morning as we pray together prayer chest up here. If someone would like to come pray over it, it's just filled with names of people that we're praying will come to know Christ as their Lord and Savior. But I encourage you to come this morning. If God spoke to your heart about something this morning that you've been anxious about or you've been worrying about or something, you just need to come and lay at the feet of Jesus. I invite you to come this morning. Maybe represent someone else that you know is going through a difficult time and you'd like to come pray for them. But this morning, let's close together with a time of prayer. And join our hearts before God that dearly loves us today. God, you know us well. And the reason you know us so well is because you created us. You know our thoughts. You know our weaknesses. You know our struggles. You know what we worry about, what we're anxious about. You know what triggers anxiety? God, we're thankful for this reminder today that you're a loving father that would never neglect his children. You're a loving father who cares about us. But there's also the fact that you say, seek me first and I'll take care of it. And so, God, maybe some of us today, we've just got our priorities mixed up. And because our priorities are out of whack, that's why we're so worried and we're so stressed and we're so anxious about things in life. And God, you're telling us today, just, just put me first. Put my kingdom first. Put my righteousness first. Put me first and everything else will take care of itself. I've promised you an eternity in heaven. I've promised you uh, this glorious future and hope and so we know that because of that that you'll take care of us here on this earth and so God today some of us we just need to be reminded of this but also I believe some of us just need to claim it 
stand on the fact that we're a child of the king the one true prophet that is a truth teller and a promise keeper and we've seen your promises this morning and so uh, we, uh, we thank you for that today I pray for these that some have gathered at this altar today many are just sitting there in their seat just kind of numb to the fact of the things that have been going on in their life and maybe they're currently going through a very difficult situation many in our church are experiencing medical issues with cancer and various things I just pray that you be with those that can't be with us today because of that that wherever they are that they would just have a warm sense of your presence and the hope that can only come from the healing God pray that their room would be a sanctuary of your presence God I pray for those that are experiencing great loss today I pray that you would comfort them and be exactly what they need in every moment as they walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Be a really scary place to walk alone. But we have the promise that we're not alone and that you'll walk with us. Some are going through some really stressful things and some situations that they can't control. And God, I thank you for reminding us today that that's exactly right. We can't control, but we know the one who can control the storms, the one who controls the winds, and you control all things. And you've got the future. You hold tomorrow in your hand, and for that, we have hope, and we can have peace in our lives and in our families. God, again today, I thank you for the men and women that have served our great country. We are so blessed to be able to be citizens and to be a part of the United States of America. A nation that was founded on your word, your principles, your morals. And God, it's obvious to see that there's been a turning away from that. But God, I pray that we as the church would be a voice of hope, a voice of unity. And we pray for those soldiers, those men and women that are scattered all over this world today protecting not only our freedoms but some of the freedoms of others that you would be their constant companion you would be their comfort you would give them rest and strength and wisdom in the days ahead but God most of all I pray that you'd be a blessing to their families I thank you for their service I thank you for their commitment and their love God, I thank you for the other churches that we partner with up and down these roads. Pray that you do an awesome work in their, in their churches. We work together, not individually. So we're thankful that we have these great men and women of God in our community. They're helping us to build the kingdom. So bless them. But God, we as a church, we've got a responsibility. We've got a job to do, and that's to make disciples share the good news of Jesus. We've heard all about that good news this morning. I pray that we would be a conduit of that good news to this community and those we come in contact with this week. And this week as trouble comes and things go wrong, I pray that we'll reflect back here to your message and we'll be reminded of the good God that we serve and how much you love us and how you'll take care for us, of us and provide for us we thank you for that today we love you so much thank you for loving us the way that you do 
the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. God bless you guys. I love you so much. You might want to take Matthew 6, starting in verse 24, and just read that every